Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. All right. Can I have my, um, my guests up here tonight, today, please, who are coming to help me? Come and take their places. They did know about this, but they only knew about this bit this morning because I'd left it to the last minute to tell them that they were going to come. So, can we give them all a big clap? <laughs> that was pretty lame. Can we try that again, guys? Yeah. <clears throat> all right, let me explain what's going to happen today. We've got a little bit of a different morning. Our band have gone off to the community games to prepare for that and get involved down there and bless the community of Sutton Colfer. What we're doing here this morning is the third part of our More, More, More series. Now, we, we built this out of something we felt God speak to us about at the beginning of the year, about believing him for more. And one of our, our team, Philippa, she gave and you gave this word. She has the verse from uh, Ephesians 3.20, and it says, now, to, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And she read this. And she wrote this to us. It says, I read this verse loads, but the phrase infinitely more really jumped out at me. I feel that it's an important phrase for us in this season we're coming into. I don't know exactly, but I see it becoming a title of something, a sermon series, prayer meeting or other event. And that we are to allow it to shape how we pray, how we worship, how we seek God, how we ask for things and how we serve the poor and how we move forward. And so out of that as a team, we prayed and we thought about that and think, okay, how are we going to respond to what God's saying to us? And so we decided we were going to put together this sermon series because it's kind of halfway through the year. And we thought, let's just get back, remind us what God has been calling to us to this year. And we felt God wanted to say to us, we want to have more of Jesus this year. We want to have more of his kingdom to come and we want more people to know him for themselves. Hence the more, more, more. And so we put together this series, the first part of the series, myself and my wife Melanie did a couple of weeks ago, where we kind of reminded you about God's heart for the nations, for people, and the more of that, and then how we were going to respond to what God was doing. Last week, we had Joe and Anna up here who shared what they had been doing on the TSM course uh, down in Bedford this year and shared a whole bunch of stories of how God had been using them to basically show God's love to people. And there was, I hope you're inspired by that. If you miss any of those, just catch up. They're online. They were great um, times of kind of hearing from God. And then what did I want to do this week to finish was to get a whole bunch of other people up and give them a five minutes each to share how God had been using them in their sphere, the place that they find themselves, to show God's love and to demonstrate his kingdom in that place. So that's what we've got here. So what's going to happen is I'm going to, they're all going to come up one after the other and they're going to share. And they've got five minutes because we've got a five minute timer here. So we know we can all keep to time. Someone suggested putting the big five-minute one behind us, booming, but I felt that was a little bit intimidating because they couldn't see it as it counts down behind you. So we've got this little one here. So when they come up, they'll introduce themselves, they'll turn the timer over, and they'll just share what God's been doing with them, and then they'll hand off and work our way down the line. So we're going to have quite a few stories coming up from people, and then at the end, I'll just pull it together, and then we'll, um, we'll finish. So that's what we're going to do. So... If I give you instructions, now each time someone comes up, why don't you give them a clap when they finish to welcome the next person up. And our first person is going to be Zach Dixon. Do I turn that or 
No, I can wait. Uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, so Zach, I'm Zach, um, married to Sarah, um, and we've got three children, Noah, Finley, and Toby. I don't always talk this fast, so you'll just have to bear with me. Um, three children, um, two nine-year-olds, Noah and Finley, and then Toby, who is five. And we live about a 15, 10-minute walk away from here. Um, uh, I serve with the youth, part of the youth team here. There's a few youth rabble around. Raise your hand. I can do better than that, much better than that. Well, we're going out in a minute after this, after I've spoken. Um, and one of the things that I'm involved with uh, that kind of links with what I'm about to say is I'm a trustee for a, a charity, Birmingham's biggest and best charity and social enterprise group called Jericho. Um, and so this, is, this is a shameless plug. But if you've ever been to the tip down in, Burm- down in Sutton, next to it is a place called The Reusers, and that is run by Jericho. And we employ over 40 apprentices there who have come from really not great backgrounds. And that links with what I'm going to say. So that's a little bit about me. The way, I guess the way that God is really using me at the moment in terms of his kingdom stuff is through my job. Um, and particularly around this thing called social value, which you may never have heard of, but I'll hopefully explain it very quickly. Um, so I work in the weird world of bidding for very large construction and infrastructure projects, uh, locally, regionally, in the UK, and abroad as well. Um, And the big focus at the moment is something called smart motorways, if you've ever heard of that. So you get to blame me when you're in traffic jams for the next 10 years, which is good. Um, But before I get into what social value is, you may have heard of something called CSR, which is Corporate Social Responsibility. And that's where basically businesses over, you know, for many years have kind of done things, good things, charitable things that they kind of didn't need to have to do, but they did it. They raised some money and they kind of baked a cake and they let people come in in their kind of normal clothes and they raised money. Well, in the last few years, CSR has changed and has kind of morphed into something called social value. And that's basically bigger and better more meaningful type things, basically more kingdom of God. So to give you some examples, social value is where a business says, right, we're going to purposefully target recruitment at people from disadvantaged areas. Or we're going to recruit people that have, say, just come out of prison or have been long-term unemployed. We're going to get apprentices in from those groups. We're going to work with schools, not from the nice areas, but from the rough areas. And we're going to do mentoring, and we're going to do things like that. We're going to buy things, not from our usual business, but we're going to, businesses and supply chain, but we're going to buy them from, say, social enterprises and charities. And the weird thing for me is that this has really began hitting the world of bidding for big contracts, whereby... Literally, you can win or you can lose now multi-million pound contracts, multi-billion pound contracts on social value. I mean, it's absolute kingdom of God in, in my world. So if you, as a company, commit to doing lots of good social value stuff and you follow it through, you can win contracts or you can lose them. And so God's really been using me in that because I find myself in this unique role of being in charge of leading bids, but also the whole kind of heart for kingdom of God stuff, social value, and I've been able to shape our company's priorities and say, and I've been able to say, look, forget the good stuff, guys. If we don't do this, we're going to lose a lot of work. And there's been some great outcomes of that. So I could bang on about it for hours and hours, but I guess I, I work for a company called Acom at the moment. And um, in the last year, we've been able to really change what we do as a company. It's a journey 
but I've got lots of investment from on high. I presented it to our executive team. I got them bought, bought in. We got money. We've got a whole team overseeing social value all over the country. We've been doing podcasts. We've got a big events. We've got a big one in London this Wednesday morning. And we've got a measurement tool that, that basically means that when we do construction projects and infrastructure projects, we need to be working with the communities, but not just any communities. The measurement tool is skewed towards disadvantaged groups and people. Um, and we've still, still, got, still going. So, so it's all go, but I just feel that God is really kind of strangely, weirdly using me in terms of bidding, social value. We're putting it together and we're able to make an impact. It's a journey. We haven't cracked it. But it seems to be playing out quite well. So very thankful for that. So that's my world at this moment in time. Hello, I'm Ro. Um, Zach had about 30 seconds left, so I'm going to talk for 30 seconds before I turn the timer, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> bit cheeky um but if you know me you'll know that I like to talk um I also don't often talk this fast but I've got quite a lot to pack in so forgive me and I hope you can keep up um I'm Ro um I'm wife to Rob and mum to Amelie and Sebi um and I don't currently have any paid employment which can sometimes come with its own challenges but I've been increasingly aware of my spheres of influence in recent months. And I'm so grateful that just a week short of our one-year anniversary here in Sutton Coalfield, um, I, I, we already have a really great community. Um, and I can see my spheres of influence increasing in those as well. I'm going to start now. Um, so Rob and I made the decision when we moved um, that I wouldn't work whilst our family got settled into our new life here in the Midlands. Um, and it hasn't always been easy because what I've found is, sorry, I'm buzzing. Um, what I've found is that so often the leading question in a new conversation is, what do you do for a living? What's your job? And so often we can be defined by our job. Because if you don't have a job, who are you? But I've grown loads more confident in my purpose separate from what I do. My purpose and yours is a kingdom purpose, one that's bigger than any formal job title or a paycheck. Not that those things are bad in and of themselves, but I think that we need to have a much more broad kingdom perspective when we're looking at how we live our lives. Um, Joe and Anna said last week that the starting point for loving others well is to know how well we are loved and when we have a correct perspective of how well we're loved by the Father, then we can show that love to others. We love because he loved us first. And I believe God wants to remind us all this morning just how much he loves us. When I was talking to God about what I should say, I just felt him say, tell them that I love them. And um, that's been a huge journey for me in my own stepping out in being more bold and brave in showing the kingdom. I know how much I'm loved by the Father and therefore I have more confidence to spread and share that love with other people. And out of my assurance as a daughter, first and foremost, I'm confident of the power that I carry and when I'm full of the Holy Spirit with Jesus beside me, I'm called to bring the kingdom of God wherever I go. 
For me right now, I've got many different roles. I'm a wife, I'm a mum, I'm a friend, I'm a regular in the playground, I'm a school governor, I'm a fitness class attendee, and I'm also a writer. And in all these areas of my life, my main aim is to be a source of encouragement, to bring joy and hope, and to speak truth in every situation. I want to point to Jesus with how I live and in the words I choose to use. A few weeks ago, I was thanking Jesus for how well we've settled into life here in Sutton and how we've been blessed with so many fabulous friends. And yet there are still some days I feel that because I'm not earning, I'm not achieving, and therefore I lack worth and value. But God gently reminded me that if I didn't show up, then how would those people around me experience his love in that day? And that's not to say that I'm more significant, more special, or more influential than anybody else. But I need to trust that I am special, I am significant, and I am influential. I made the choice a few years ago to be a positive presence wherever I go. I do have the odd bad day. Um, But armed with the belief that I'm a powerful person who can influence the atmosphere wherever I go, I can confidently bring the kingdom and kingdom values into any situation. An encouraging word or asking how someone is doing can change their whole day. My prayer every morning is, God, fill me with your spirit and use me to point to Jesus in the day ahead. I want to be full of the fruits of the Spirit. I want to be full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. It doesn't always happen 100% of the time. But when I know that the Spirit is in me, I have a better chance of living those out. Way back when I was first on the playground scene in our new school here, I struck up a conversation with someone who told me she was going home to cook a roast dinner. And the next morning, um, apart from being very impressed that this was happening on a school day, um, I said, oh, how was your roast dinner? And she looked at me, kind of her mouth dropped, and she said, oh, you remembered. And she has, we've since become really good friends. And she says how like, momentous that moment was for her, that I had taken the time to remember a small detail of her life. She said in the six years of being in the playground, no one had ever followed up on a conversation that they'd had on the day before. I remember little details like that, and I think it shows that I'm valuing them, and hopefully it shows that they are also valued and seen by God. Um, We've since um, grown to be good friends, and I've been able to have the chance to speak into her life, to bring Jesus into conversation, and also to pray into family situations for her. And she's on a journey of hopefully becoming closer to Jesus. Um, This week, I was in a fitness class and a lady turned up in a wrist strap. Um, And I've never spoken to her before. We've kind of smiled as we've like been tortured through sweaty movements. (laughs) But she, um, I said to her, oh, no, what have you done? And uh, so we just talked about her wrist and how it was painful and she needed to probably go and see a doctor. And I said, oh, well, actually, do you mind if I pray for it now? And she looked at me and she was super excited. She said, oh, I've been thinking about having acupuncture. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into all that healing stuff. And I was like, well... I know Jesus and I know that he heals. I've seen it happen before. Can I pray for you right now? And uh, she said, sure. So I did, just there and then. I said, can I put my hand on your wrist? 
And uh, I just said a really simple prayer, kept my eyes open because I didn't want to freak her out. And, um, and she was able to do the fitness class. Uh, I asked her at the end how it was. She said that it was still aching a bit, but she was able to do all the movements. And she said, I'm really excited. And I hope that next week I could come back and tell you that it's better. And I said, I hope so too. And I'll be praying for you this week. So I would love you to pray that that happens because I know that when miracles happen, they point to Jesus. And I think I'm out of time, so I'm going to pass over. But um, I've got loads of exciting stories, and I would love to share them with you if you want to ask about them. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. Right, I'm Sarah. I'm married to Paul. I've got Olivia, Grace, and Isaac as children. Um, when I rehearsed this, I got it down to four minutes and 50 seconds, but I cried all the way through, so I know I can get it in time, but I don't know if I can not cry. So... Um, when Stuart sent me this email, I wanted to say to him, you've got the wrong Sarah. There's lots of us in church. I have nothing to say. I prayed about it and God gave me so much stuff, which is why I've got to talk really quickly. So um, the first bit is I did a Freedom in Christ. Oh, sorry. In church, I help on the um, early years kids work and help with some of the Freedom in Christ stuff. About um, two years ago, I did the Freedom in Christ course and God revealed to me Lies I'd been believing about my job. I'm a psychologist. I work in the NHS. Um, and I'd felt that I didn't think I was very good at my job. And it led me to kind of hide a bit. So on the back of that course, I, um, a, a way was open for me to do a leadership course in the NHS. People then prophesied over me. It was really weird because it's the NHS. Um, but God just reminded me that I'm a light and he wants to use me in my workplace. So last year, I prayed and I said, God, if you want to move me out of this comfortable position in my job that I love, that fits with childcare and it's wonderful, um, just do it. Show me what I need to do. And then this leadership position came up and I ignored it and it was still there and I felt him nudge me. So I applied for it, did my worst interview ever. And it was, it was awful. Um, but the thing that, that got me the job was the panel saying to me, you talked about integrity, you talked about um, relationships, you talked about... Um, I suppose what we think are kind of kingdom values and that's what we want. So I'm now doing this job that is just amazing. It's really busy. But actually the way that I view my job has changed completely because I know that I'm his light and he puts me into some really um, difficult and kind of broken situations. But the thing that I was able to do on Friday was just to pull um, all the staff birthdays off the hard drive and just send them notes, like put little notes in my diary about when it's their birthday. So it's really exciting. Um, the next bit that I think has been really significant is I thought, actually, God, you've broken into so many parts of my life. I want you to use me in the children's schools, much to my children's horror. Um, so uh, I then got chatting to other parents. We were able to join a prayer group. So we've got a little prayer group going on, and we bless the school in lots of ways. And I kind of thought, okay, maybe you want me to do this for my children's secondary school. Um, you can see my daughter cringing at this point. And so I thought, right, I'm going to set up this prayer group. It's going to be really exciting. Um, rang all these churches, sent emails out, um, thought, brilliant. Alongside that, we had an email to say, if you want to become a parent associate or kind of governor for the school, fill in this checklist, which I did. And I only had two of the skills out of 40 that were required, sent that off. Um, then had a phone call from what I thought was a kind of youth leader at a local church, went into a real spiel about how I love Jesus and it's brilliant that she wants to join me on this prayer group and, and she just didn't say anything. I thought this is not great for a prayer group, I'm going to need you to talk and she said I have no idea what you're talking about Mrs Douglas but actually what I really need is you to join our parent association kind of governing board. Okay, just oust myself there as a crazy Christian but it's fine. Um, so I find myself on this governing board in a school that is really in need. There is the highest rate of um, mental health, um, kind of social emotional needs. 
And what I find is in each of those meetings, God gives me something to pray about. I've been part of um, permanent exclusion meetings for children, which has been so difficult. But again, I just know that I carry his light in these really difficult situations. Um, the third part, which I think for me has probably been the biggest challenge, is my children love the messy events that you guys run as a church. Um, and so each time it's run, they've wanted us to bring lots of children and I can't fit them in my car because I don't live locally. So at Christmas and Easter this year, we stepped out at home and said, right, we will host our own messy Easter and messy Christmas events. Um, and I said to the children, your challenge is that you can only invite children that are not kind of very popular in your class, have never been invited to parties before. Um, so they did that. And so we had 10 children that arrived. Um, but, but the thing that was just so beautiful is we were able to talk about Christmas, we were able to talk about Easter. We didn't hide the message. We did it over glitter with pizza. Um, really beautiful. And then um, when we did the Easter one this year, the parents kind of hung around a bit. That freaked me out. I was like, now I've got like 20 parents as well as the children in the house and I've got to look like I know what I'm doing. Um, but in all of that, what I found was the parents saying, why are you doing this? Like, it's not a birthday party. Why would you do this? And I was just able to say, actually, because we serve a God that is so amazing. And one of the um, mommies just started to cry. Oh, okay. And she said, I don't understand why you're being so generous. I don't understand why you're being so lovely. Um, and I said, actually, it's not me. I'm not actually that nice, really. But actually, <laughs> I have the Holy Spirit in me, and he kind of makes me a bit nicer. Um, and I was just able to talk about um, actually serving just comes from the heart, and it comes from a place of knowing that you think this is kind. You need to know Jesus, and he's amazing, and he's over-the-top generous, and, um, and it's just been really, really beautiful. Um, the problem with that is now we have a kind of waiting list of children that want to come to the next event. Um, and my house is left with glitter and just trails of paint and it's fine. So I just think it's fine, it's fine. Um, I think they were all my bits that I needed to talk about. So yes, thank you. I thought I had a bit longer. Um, so, hi, I'm Jeremy, I'm 41, and I'm a Christian. Um, um, so, I'm married to the beautiful Catherine over there. I have two beautiful daughters, um, Emily, who's eight, and Sophie, who's six. Um, and for my work, I basically get to go around the country filming people and taking their photos and writing stories about them for Barclays. Um, and that... Um, takes me around the country, takes me away a lot, um, but it also gives me the opportunity to um, just sit with people and often sit with people in a situation where they're not very comfortable. Not many people like having their photo taken, fewer people like being filmed, and so um, it gives me an opportunity to be kind to people and to encourage them and to tell them that they're doing a good job and that they are good at what they do. Um, and I'm always amazed by how much of a difference that makes. Um, but one of the things that um, God started doing with me a few years ago was um, asking me to speak to people, completely random people, um, people who I'd often never met. Um, and I wouldn't actually know what he wanted me to say to them. He just would say, go and speak to that person over there. And uh, most of the time, I am walking up to people and telling them, I know this is weird, I'm Jeremy, I'm a Christian, and sometimes when I'm praying, God speaks to me, uh, would you mind if I talk to you about it? And they will often say yes. No one's ever said no. Um, and I will often just be saying, 
God loves you, he knows you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Um, a couple of times have really um, stuck out for me. So one of the important things about that is that this started at a time uh, just after I realized that I have a real problem with wanting people to like me. And one of the things that I like the least is to look stupid or look like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and when you walk up to somebody who you don't know and ask to pray for them or to tell them about Jesus, you will often feel like you look stupid and you don't know what you're doing. Um, and it has been a great help to me because I've realized that the world has not ended. People have not laughed at me. They may think I'm stupid, but actually God loves me. And he doesn't think I'm stupid, even if I feel like it sometimes. Um, and this is, I'm getting a lot more emotional than I expected to. Um, so one of the things that really, um, one of the situations that really struck out, stuck out to me was um, I felt God um, asking me to pray for a guy in my office who used to be a bomb disposal expert, was blown up by a device and is very, very badly uh, injured. He is in a motorized wheelchair. Um, my... My fear was that God would ask me to pray for him to be healed and get up out of his wheelchair, and it wouldn't happen. Um, but so anyway, I, I, I felt like I really needed to do this. So I booked a meeting room. Um, I invited him to a meeting, and I said, look, I'm, this is not a work meeting. Um, you know me. I'm Jeremy. We've met before, but I'm a Christian, and I felt like God wanted me to pray for you and to tell you that he loves you and that he knows you and that he wants to have a relationship with you. I said, can I pray for you? Is there anything that you, that you want me to pray for? And he said, well, I've got a problem with my ears, um, and I need to have a specially modified house because of my disabilities. So we prayed about that. And then I just sort of left it. Um, and then a few weeks later, he sent me an email. I was not expecting it. He said, oh, I just wanted to thank you for praying and to let you know that your prayers have been answered and that I have found a specially modified house in London at a price that I can afford. And it was just amazing. Um, so another time, how long have I got? I've got a bit longer. Um, another time I had been filming with someone and um, they said um, that they were feeling nervous about going back into work because they just realized that, that they were going to have a boss who was a bully and they were really worried about it. And... Um, I was just like, no, this, this can't happen. This isn't, this isn't what God wants. And I was like, we have to pray about that. Do you mind if I pray about it? Um, because that's not right. It's not good. Um, and so she said, yeah, that's fine. And so we, we prayed about it. Um, and she went away. I carried on. And um, a few days later, she sent me an email to say, um, just again, I just wanted to thank you for praying for me, but your prayers have been answered and the situation has been sorted. Um, so the, the main thing for me isn't getting to pray for people. It's getting the opportunity to connect with another human being and let them know that I care about them, that God knows them and he loves them and he wants to have a relationship with them. And most of the time people are okay with hearing that. So if you ever get a sense that God wants you to talk to someone, just go and have a go because you never know what he's going to do. So thank you. Hello. I've got a terrible sore throat, so I hope this goes okay. 
I don't think I'm going to take the five minutes either. So anyway, hi. So those of you that don't know me, I'm Hayley, married to Dave, and we have a son, Matthew, who's gone now, gone to youth. Um, we've been coming to Real Life Church for just over five years, and I was saved just after joining the church, as was Dave and then Matthew. Um, we've just taken over responsibility for leading the setup teams, so I'm going to make a bit of a plea while I've got the mic. If anyone could spare us any time, one Sunday morning, one week in three, then please talk to Dave or I because we're desperately in need of people to come and work on the setup teams. Uh, we also run a life group and I team lead a hosting team. So church keeps us pretty busy. Um, but I'm going to talk about how God is working in me, in my place of work. So I work for a large multinational insurance company, Zurich Insurance, uh, based here in Birmingham. And my role is, is, is as a data protection manager, which is quite probably on paper the most boring job in the history of the world. But because I'm looking at how a large organization uses personal data, so stuff about people, it does get quite interesting and it leads me to talk to lots and lots of different people, um, not just in Birmingham, but all over the UK. And I get to do a little bit of travel with that as well. So that's great. Um, I've been there for just over four years and I'm absolutely certain that God was alongside me as I moved into that role. I was in my old job and the job description for this job landed on my desk twice one morning. Uh, once I looked for a job description to help me write a new job description for the role I was in, found one online, thought this is great, I'll use that. Bit of plagiarism never goes amiss. And then a bit later, I got an email from a recruitment consultant saying, this is a job that I think you'd be really good at. I opened the email and it was the same job description. I'm like, okay, somebody's talking to me now. So I applied for the job. Um, the application process went very smoothly. Uh, the, I was invited to interview very quickly. The interview date was moved to a date that would suit me. Um, I drove to the, to the interview, and just as I was parking up the car, the DJ on Premier Praise said, do you know what, before we get, play the next record, I really want to pray for people that are going for a job, job interview. And I was like, okay, this is probably something. So um, I was offered the job then at more money than I said I would go for. So I thought, right, you want me here, God. You better make this <laughs> clear to me what it is you want me to do. So um, I started the job and very soon, hadn't been there many days, when I realized I was surrounded by other Christians. So in a very small work area, uh, there were four other Christians. Sadly, some of them have now left the organization. Um, but it just gave me a real sense of comfort that there were people of a like mind around me. And we would meet up and, you know, chat about, um, sort of formed a little Christian fellowship. But the good thing about Zurich is that there's a real culture of openness, support, development, and encouragement, and they've got groups for everything. If you want a group for something, you can have it, but the big ones are around cultural awareness, so we, we do a lot of stuff around um, other religious festivals. There's lots of stuff shared about those. Uh, diversity and inclusion is massive, so there's lots of work goes on in that area. A big pride movement, women's innovation networks, which men can go to too, but, you know... Not many do, obviously. Um, and well-being. They're, they're the big things. But if you want to have a group for something, you can. Uh, because we're actively encouraged to be who we are in the workplace. 
and that helps when you want to share your faith. Um, so anyway, I prayed about how I could do something for God's kingdom in the workplace. And lots of opportunities have come up. Um, the little Christian fellowship that I talked about, we did something in our f- the first Christmas I was there where we just blessed everyone in the building with uh, some sweets and just put a little message, not overtly Christian, but something very um, encouraging, a little message. And people were like, oh, who are these sweets from? And you know, even now people say, oh, you're the lady that gave us those sweets, aren't you? Which is really nice. And we, we actually, I've got it somewhere. We, um, we looked as a group at Bible verses that might help encourage us. And we found one um, that was from Titus 2, verses 7 to 8. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So we just wanted to do things that, that set a really good example, and that has kind of followed through. Um, I'm very conscious that all the things I do in work are not me. They are done with God by my side and God directing and leading me. Um, So none of the things that I'm going to talk about are are just me, but they're things that I'm involved in. So I'm part of the... um, Birmingham committee so Zurich has a charity called the Zurich Community Trust and I chair the Birmingham committee and um, our role is to love our city so that's the that's the emphasis for our group so we do a lot of stuff that's about national charities that we support um, but we're very keen in Birmingham oh I've run out of time already how did that happen (laughs) Stuart did you turn it back over you did did he (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shall I keep going? Yeah. Um, so we just do a lot, a lot to support our, the city that we're in and, and raise funds for local charities, not just the national ones. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about a group that has been set up in the US. Um, it's a faith-based group. Uh, they call it Good News America. Everything has to have a Z in it, you know, because of Zurich. Um, and we've linked up with them. And they have a big um, North American network of faith in the workplace. Um, And through them, we've started to look at setting up a group locally, which kind of builds on the Christian fellowship that we already had. So we've linked in with Chaplaincy Plus, and we've got a meeting with, we had a meeting with them this week, and we're looking to set up some evangelistic prayer teams in the city center. So I might be reaching out for some support with that. Thank you. Before I turn this over, I would just like to say that I know this takes five minutes, so if that finishes first, it's inaccurate. (laughs) Okay, Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Philip, um, and I'm married to Wendy. Uh, We have three grown-up children and two granddaughters who we have the privilege of bringing up. I have to say that I'm so much more conscious than I was when our own children were young, that my role in fathering contributes to how they will view God the Father as Father in the future. And consequently, I, um, 
often seek God for, uh, to grow in the fruits of the Spirit and regularly seek God for more. Within Real Life Church, I am a lead one of the setup teams, and I'm very pleased to announce that I have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a couple to come and join. We have a vacancy. It'll probably go very quickly, so if you could come to me as soon as you can with your applications, I'll be very pleased to receive them. Um, I'm also one of the directors, and um, I help to run a life group and oversee life groups. I'm retired and feel that I have been blessed so much to be able to do that and therefore want to give something back to the community and at the same time to express the love of Jesus and to extend the kingdom of God. The two main areas that I'm involved in are the Food for You Food Bank and the Sutton Community Directory and Networking for Third Sector Organisations. At Food For You, I try to listen to people. Sometimes I can do no more than just give them some food. Sometimes uh, I can signpost them to other organizations that might help them with their needs. Uh, sometimes I let people use my phone. Um, sometimes I, I buy bus tickets for people who need to get into town to sort things out. Um, sometimes I chat to people about Jesus. And sometimes I pray for people. And uh, Jax does exactly the same. It's great to be able to have more than just myself from Real Life Church down there working with these people to try and help them. A few years ago, God spoke to me through what Jesus said in Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free. As a Christian, I know that Jesus has come to make his home in me by his Holy Spirit, and therefore, because he is with me, I have some of his anointing. And I take that as a promise that I will see healing, salvation, and deliverance through my life. I have seen some, but not enough, and not regularly enough. I can tell some really good stories from the past, but God's challenge to me is, Philip, what about now? What's happened in the last couple of weeks? So I'm going to focus on the last couple of probably months rather than weeks. I know that my fruitfulness comes out of relationship with God, and it all begins with him. So in March, I decided to, to once a week that I was going to pray and fast for more of God. What I mean by that is that at times during the day when I would otherwise have been eating, I pray. And often I go out for a walk and pray because that is how I focus the best. I find that I'm now being more intentional in sharing the gospel and praying for healing and have sought accountability too from my life group that they would ask me if I have prayed for anybody in the last week. Uh, by which I mean anybody, I mean an unbeliever rather than people in the church. In the last few weeks at Food For You, I've had the opportunity to share the gospel and or pray for people who are sick every, at every session. Um, and I felt free to be more direct with sharing the gospel. Um, last week, there were three men discussing faith and the Bible, and they were saying some really wacky things, very sort of fringe stuff. And in the end, I said to them, look, 
this is all a side issue. The main issue is that God made everything perfect and man rebelled. And the penalty for man's sin is death. That God came as a man in Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for our sin and to die for us. And our response to that needs to be to confess our sin and to ask Jesus to be our saviour and to follow him as our Lord and our God. And then I looked at them and I said, how many of you have done that? And I went round the table, one, one, two, three, and I got a response from them. And I say that to you all now here, I don't know all of you, how many of you have done that? One of the men said that he had done that, and I'm sure he had from the way he spoke. One was ambivalent, and the other one, after much thought, said, I don't think I believe. And um, during the next week, I said to God, what do you want to say to him that would help him to believe? And I got two words for him, which I um, shared with him, actually, this last week on Friday. And I was thinking, oh, he's going to be blown over by this. But he said, not really sure that means anything to me. So I was very disappointed. But, you know, I did what I thought God said, and uh, I'll leave the result with him. I would love to say that the sick people I've prayed for have leapt up saying they were healed. That hasn't happened yet. But I, I know that um, in doing that, I am doing what God wants me to do. And um, I will leave it with him. Do you know at worst, the fact that somebody cares enough to pray for them means that they know that um, there is a God who loves them. I'm also trying to listen to God in ordinary things of life. Um, so I pray for somebody at the dump a few weeks ago, who had a bad back. Um, I asked him if I could pray for him. He said yes, and then went to get in his car. And I said, actually, I mean now. And I prayed for him. So I don't know what God did with that. But again, I know I did what he wanted me to do. You know, it all begins with God. We can't earn fruitfulness. It comes through his grace. But my prayer is, Lord, let's have more. My name's Stuart, married to Manly. I have two sons, Levi and Asher, and I'm going to share a little bit about what God's been doing with me. I work part-time for the church here, leading that, but I also work with the rest of my time. I'm a karate instructor, um, and so I teach a bunch of classes, and I try and do everything I can to honor the students and the parents who come to my classes uh, at the end of every term. So if you want to come to my class next week... You'll give out sweets to the kids just to say well done for all the hard work that they've done in that term. Just to encourage them and bless them. My black belt students who when they go through, um, they grade throughout the year and then they get their final one in December last year. I had my first lot of black belt students go so I got them all a gift at the end as a kind of a well done, a thank you. And so when they pass their black belt, they got their black belt certificate which is normal. But I got my students in amongst all the others aside and I gave them a gift. It was a cup that said, don't mess with me, I'm a black belt that I piled sweets in and I said, well done, I'm so proud of you. You guys are amazing, just to encourage them what, what they do. I pray for my classes regularly, pray as I go, pray that God would use me to be salt and light in those places to honour the, the parents who are paying for these classes, that I would be the best teacher I can be, to honour the students who come to learn from me and to encourage them and build them up. I also pray 
For the instructors I train with every Monday night, I have to go and train with all the other instructors. We, so we have instructors class together where I go and train with my instructor. And we do that. And in that, they all know that I'm the vicar, um, which is a source of much amusement amongst them that they all kind of, I am regularly mocked at. But at the same time, I have opportunities to pray for them. One of the instructors even asked me just the other week and said, could you pray for me? And I said, I'd love to. What for? And they said, oh, just generally. And, that was, and I was like, what do you mean? They said, well, just a general player of blessing. Just, and I said, what, you want me to do this like regularly? And they said, yes, just keep praying for me as a general prayer. And I said, okay, I will do that for you. I've had opportunities to pray for them. We've gone through difficulties, uh, family difficulties. One instructor I knew had that. And so uh, Mel and I, we, we sent them a card and a gift and said, we are praying for you. We love you. We're for you, um, which they were blown away of and really um, sort of blessed by. I said, we're doing that. Um, for my neighbors, around about where we live, try and be, we've all got neighbours, try and be the best neighbours we can be. Uh, when we had Father's Day and we had all those gifts that we gave to all the men of the church, there were some spares which I took home and I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to grab some spares, I'm going to give them to my neighbours because I've got a dad on each side of me and one across the road who's literally become a new dad in the last few weeks. They've had their first baby so I went round sort of the week after, banged on the door and said, look, happy Father's Day, we had these at church we got some leftovers. I just want to bless you and say, well done for being a great dad. And I did that to both our neighbors and sort of the one over the road. They were blown away. The fact that it was beer, I think, helped. But they were blown away and blessed uh, by that. Our neighbor over the road, with the, um, we knew had a new baby. And we could tell because the lady just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we made some sign language across the busy road where we live pregnant yes and then when the baby arrived and it came home we got them a book and we went over and got to sort of just say we love it we love kids there's such a blessing we're so thrilled for you we're praying for you Mel even got to go in and have a cuddle with the baby which is brilliant at Christmas time we always kind of do brownies and and stuff Mel bakes great brownies so I go and knock on the door I look great when I go and knock on the door and give them brownies nothing to do with me but that's what we do just trying to honor our neighbors as well as that we're involved in a prayer group in the school where we meet uh, Melanie runs a prayer group which I go to every Monday morning to pray. We pray for the school, we pray for the pupils, we pray for the parents, we pray for the teachers just to honor them. And one of the things that they do, they started in the group, is um, every Monday we go in, someone else is on the rotor to leave um, goodies in the staff room. So every Monday morning when we leave having prayed, there is food on the table for the staff for break time, um, homemade cakes and the like. And so staff start coming in early for break just to check out what's there. You know, if we, I think if we stop doing that, I think there might be a riot in the staff room when they turn up Monday morning. It's like, there's nothing there. But that's what they do. So that's a great blessing uh, for the school. Also, at the end of every term, so we're going to be doing this tomorrow. We write notes of encouragement for the staff for their coming kind of holiday break to say we love you, we're for you, uh, we're blessing you. We write prof- prophetic stuff that we feel for them and we kind of just left that out on the table just to say this is what we, we, um, we, we appreciate you, all that you do in serving our kids. And then the first time we did it, the following term, we came in after the holiday and they were all up in the staff room. And they would just, they'd put them all around as kind of, they were blown away by it. And what happens now, the ones from Easter are still there and they'll take them down and put up the new ones that we're going to do tomorrow to bless them and they'll still be there after summer. So it's wonderful in that. Um, also, Melanie asked me to answer last two seconds that she's been involved in going to the school. They've asked her to come in and do assemblies as the leader of the prayer group and all that's happened there and be able to teach a bunch of kids about Jesus and tell them. So that's just a little bit of what I'm involved in. Hopefully those stories that we've heard there will inspire you in whatever 
sphere you find yourself in, wherever you work, whether you have a paid employment job or you're part-time or you're not employed as such, but you'd work really hard in what you do, God wants to use you in that place. He wants to give you more of himself, see more of your, his kingdom come, and for more people to come and know Jesus. So whatever it is you do with your time, be expectant and be asking for that. And what I'd love to do kind of as finish time, just spend this last few moments. We haven't got a band to lead us in any time of worship, but I'd love us to spend a moment focusing on God. And what I want you to do is to get into small groups um, around the church. You might have to move a little bit and to talk to one another. I want you to ask um, where you kind of just introduce yourself. So this is what I do. This is who I am. This is kind of what I do. So, so everyone's aware. And then I want you to spend some time praying. I want you to pray and ask God for more. I want you to pray for one another and ask God that you would see more of him. Like that first week we looked at that Isaiah's vision of the Lord high and lifted up and his train and his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah was just overwhelmed by that, a vision of God. And I want us to pray for us that we have that overwhelming vision of Jesus and who he is. We've sung about him. He's seated on his throne now. We want to pray that we be those people. Then I'd love you to pray between you that you see more of God's kingdom come through your life. You have opportunities to show his love to whoever you bump into in your spheres. Your work and your neighbors and your friendships and your social groups and your kids and your kids' friends and their parents. All those things. Pray for more of God's kingdom to come. And then finally pray that people would come to know Jesus for themselves that people would come to know Jesus. It doesn't matter if they never darken the door of this church, they end up in another one, I don't care, that people need to know Jesus for themselves, that they need to have that revelation, that they need to know. So can we do that? Okay, can you start moving, just get into the group, we're going to place a little bit of music, and then I'll call time in a minute or two, when we'll go and get our kids, and that'll sort of be the end of our time together. But just make sure no one's left on their own, pull someone in, pray together.